It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Well, one of the things that's you know, been pretty consistent throughout the season is, uh, you know, we've got to maintain competitive stamina for 60 minutes. Like, to me, it's, you know, there's a lot of good about last night, obviously. You watch a game five on five, you like a lot of, like a lot of things we did. And you know, last night, at the end of the day, it came down to special teams, which has been pretty good for us this year. Obviously, in particular, a, power, a penalty kill, which has been tops in the league for most of the season. A power play has crept into the top half after a tough start. And then last night, we gave up two goals on the penalty kill and give up a shorthanded goal. So that's the difference in winning and losing. And, you know, for us, we can't have that big a drop in any area of our game if you're going to win hockey games. You can't be that bad in a particular area. And, you know, that's something we've got to continue to learn and we've got to make sure that we learn it quickly and be ready to do all these things we need to do for tonight. All right, good afternoon everybody and welcome as we get ready for more Sharks hockey. Happy New Year. If you didn't hear me on Morning Tide this morning, I will now wish you a happy New Year on the buildup as we get ready for the Sharks to take on the Blackhawks. I hope revenge is on their mind because that was a particularly demoralizing loss when they played the Blackhawks earlier this year up to nothing only to surrender five consecutive goals that did not feel good that was their fourth straight loss to start the year and you would hope that they want to uh, go and make up for it when they take on Chicago tonight and I hope that's what we'll get but uh, without further ado to talk more about what we've seen with the Sharks big picture we are now joined by Corey Massasak of The Athletic Corey what's going on man how are you doing it's going well happy new year Yes, and I'm hoping that uh, head coach David Quinn wakes up in a better mood today than he seemed after last night's loss. I think uh, one of the first words out of his mouth were, I'm pissed with regards to the loss last night. I did want to ask you about the article, though, that you did before we get into the hockey talk um, about Redeem Shimek and the troubles that he and his wife had in having a baby and getting pregnant. And, you know, that's a... It's an emotionally charged story, and that's, you know, different than the usual, you know, just sports, which is just, it's lighter in general. You know, it's just, that's what sports are. Not that it's not full of, you know, various stories like this that are heavier, but, you know, that's that's almost an intimidating story to get into. Well, um, I mean, I guess the easy way to put it is like that story is basically entirely possible because Redeem was so willing to, to, to speak about it. I mean... Um, somebody had sort of tipped me off to it, uh, whenever we were in, uh, Prague, like one of the people that I talked to about, uh, Tomas Hurdle and Redeem Shimmick for store, like I had started working on feature stories on them whenever we were there, someone had said, Hey, you know, like Redeem is really happy now. Uh, you know, not just because of the, the coaching change and, and his the kind of fresh opportunity, but like, you know, him and his wife were trying to get pregnant for a long time and it was really stressful and, so like whenever we got back from Prague, I just kind of went over to his locker again. Another thing, like before, whenever we, this is like the first year we've been allowed back in the lockers, right. in the locker room since the pandemic, this story would have never happened uh, during the pandemic. Um, so I just kind of went over to redeem one day and, you know, we started talking about, 
you know, just having the fresh opportunity and getting to play regularly again. And then I was like, Hey, look, you know, so-and-so told me, um, you know, about some of the troubles that you and your wife had with your, with the pregnancy, would you, would you be okay with talking about it? And he was like, yeah, we did like, they did like a big interview in, in the Czech Republic. Um, you know, they kept calling it a documentary, I guess it'd be more like a, almost like a E60 style thing, maybe, yeah. or a, you know, that, that kind of, you know, 60 minutes kind of interview or whatever. And it was like, you know, they just, they, you know, they didn't have any, they, the, 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 I think the most frustrating part for them was that they didn't have health problems. There wasn't like, oh, just do this or you can't do this or whatever. It was just, they just kind of had to wait until it happened. Um, but like the idea that they were like, well, we, we think other people in our situation have this problem sometimes too, and nobody ever wants to talk about it. So they won't, they want to talk about it. And that, that turns out to be a pretty good story. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it very much. And it was cool just to kind of get some of the insights on him and the juxtaposition of his personality with Tomas Hurdle, because Hurdle is that larger than life, you know, kind of bright lights and, you know, that type of person, whereas Shimmick, like the the angle of him, like enjoying going like fishing and stuff, like it's it's cool just to like, to kind of hear these things about his personality, because we don't, get a lot about him and i think that he you know he is better at english than i think that he thinks he is like i think he's very um not worried about it but i think he's self-conscious about it but i do notice that whenever he does talk like he is insightful and i think that people always expect him to be more limited in his vocabulary as than he is and so when we do get more of these insights it does paint um a pretty you know fascinating picture and talking about his background and his family um it's just it's it's a good story he also, uh, uh, I think my my favorite thing that he said was um, he said that people always think he's angry. He does have, or I think I think he meant when I think he meant that people still think that he's mad because he was mad last year that he wasn't playing. But I, I just he kind of has like that like kind of almost like Bond villain look to him. Yeah. Like, and he just he kind of always just has like a resting scowl on him. <laughs> but like he is like he's genuinely like you know one of the nicest most happy-go-lucky willing to talk to whoever wants to talk to him guys in that locker room like you go like I, I talked to him you know just sort of randomly uh, just about whatever I, well, I think the, the first thing that we sort of like connected on was like formula one like he, he's really into formula one yeah so like yeah it just you know it's just it, it is kind of funny how like there are guys who you know there are guys who deal with the media like pretty much every day and you just kind of you just everybody knows you know hurdle and and carlson and couture's and they're sort of their their sort of media personality or whatever and then there are a few guys <coughs> sorry honestly another one like alexander barabanov like doesn't really like to do interviews at all because he's very self-conscious about his english and it's it's actually better than he thinks it is too yeah <laughs> i mean it's 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 got to be tough though like i like i was thinking about that when they when hurdle and shimek got the applause they did when the games were in prague and like i think that because you and I have the American vantage point, we, you know, the closest comparison would be, you know, like if, you know, I'm trying to think of the, like Clint Dempsey coming and playing, you know, with his EPL team here in the United States and like getting that type of applause, like that's like the equivalent, except for, you know, hockey and that in the, in the Czech culture is, is a lot bigger. And so like having them play in those games, like I, I, I don't think Americans truly appreciated the gravity of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and like, you know, just, and and then and, and it kind of in a similar fashion, like we spent so much time, like everybody, I mean, like the entire media horde, both Czech and English, whenever we were in Prague for three or four days, it was like hurdle, 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 hurdle. And like, you know, Redeem was like there and he was like enjoying all the same things that 
uh, yeah, no, I just think it was kind of like a fitting, like, you know, bright lights for Tomash and like not so bright lights for Redeem. It was just like kind of fitting of their personalities and how they were able to go. Like they were both able to enjoy the experience in different ways. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's been nice to see Shimek get more time because obviously with the injuries that are part of his background and then last year, um, like you alluded to, there were maybe mixed signals coming from the top about why he wasn't seeing more playing time. Like obviously he's been able to, um, you know, have, uh, you know, a, a better run up to this point. Now, obviously there's a little bit of uncertainty and I haven't had a chance to listen to, uh, to David's uh, presser from this morning, but um, you know, for Shimek up to this point, it's been nice to seeing him get more run and clearly entering the season with health was a, has been a big factor in his improved play. Yeah. I, he's yeah. It looks like he's not going to play tonight. And I mean, I'm they, they were, you know, David was, um, you know, pretty, very vague about, what the deal is. He said, I think he said, we'll know more in a few days. The thing, I mean, the thing that really concerns me the most for, for Shimmick is like, if we could be talking about like multiple concussions in one season at this point, because he, we, he definitely had one before or some sort of head injury that nobody wants to call a concussion. That was probably a concussion. Um, so like, if, you know, if this just turns out to be, you know, he had like kind of an awkward collision last night. If it just turns out to be like a run of the mill shoulder you know, injury or something like that, like that, I would feel better for him. Just that whole, like, you know, you see, you kind of see it going around everywhere in sports where like, you know, I was just reading about Tua Tonga by alone this morning and some of the stuff that he's been going through. And it's like, you just don't want, regardless of what happens on the, you know, with, with the team, whatever, you just don't want to see these guys, you know, dealing with multiple head injuries in that short of amount of time. But yeah, but you're right. He, you know, he has been, you know, he's, yeah, I think he's just been relatively steady um you know I, I know that like some of the other guys like on the team just like the fact that they know that you know he's gonna he's probably gonna put somebody through the boards every now and then uh you know like just yeah. some of the some of the um you know and, and yeah I mean I th- I, th- I really I, I kind of think like him and Scott Harrington and even you know that they just they called up Nick Chichek again like I, I think those three guys are all like they're they're not similar players like they're actually very different players but mm-hmm. they all bring about the same amount of value on the ice and they're kind of interchangeable as like that sixth defenseman. Why do you think that the Sharks have been calling up a Chichek so much more this year than they have a Ryan Merkley who has much more NHL experience, especially considering that there was more relative value in what they used in terms of a draft pick on Merkley? Is that is that part of the protection plan to keep the future kind of maybe away from what the Sharks are going through right now that we also see with Eklund and Bordalo, Or do you think it's just they value what Chichek can do right now a little bit more than what Merkley can do. Yeah. I, I think it's probably more the, the latter. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I just don't think, look, I, all of the guys who are playing for the Barracuda right now, they're all like, I mean, and it goes, it's the same thing with for the Sharks, So, right. Like there's a new, there's a new sheriff in town. Like there's a new, new set of new collection of people with eyes on them and making decisions on personnel. And like, so, you know, if I, w- I would say the fact that Nick Chichek has gotten as many opportunities as he has and all of the guys who played for the Sharks last year who have not, like, that's a pretty good indicator of, like, you know, so the, the new boss doesn't necessarily feel the same way about some of the some of those guys on the Barracuda as the old boss. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, you know, like it's been a, it's been an interesting ride, I think, with, with Ryan Merkley just because, look, he was a first-round pick. And even on draft day, people were like, this guy should have gone higher, but there's like some red flags um, about his, you know, and, and that was the thing. Whenever I first started covering the Sharks, I was like, 
I don't, I, you know, I've heard all this stuff about Ryan Merkley, but I don't know. Like I started talking to all of our other prospect writers and people who have covered him in the past. It's like, what's going on? Like, why did he drop in the draft? Why is there always this like vague talk of red flags around him? And like, <clears throat> it's mostly to do with, from what I've, you know, from what I've been told, it's mostly just to do with, um, it's not the stuff that you have, you'd hear about with other people and why they dropped in the draft. There's it's, it's like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pay enough attention to detail on defense. He, you know, he, he had like a temper problem whenever he was younger. He, you know, he got suspended a couple of times for just kind of lashing out at other at opponents on the ice and, you know, smashing sticks off of things. And, and so I, I think some of that, like that part that the temper, I think he's at least on the ice, he's, he's kind of cut that out and, and grown up a little bit. Yeah. But the big, but I think this year, the big problem is that he just hasn't played that well. And so like, I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I went and saw them the other night and I think I've probably seen the Barracuda maybe, I think I'm up to like maybe seven times now this year, eight times. Like, he hasn't had like a good game in any of those games. Like he just, he's there, there, he has like play, he'll have like flashes of like, oh yeah, there's, that's the thing that made him a first round pick where he'll like kind of weave through the defense and, you know, juke somebody out of their skates, but then it just doesn't, you know, it, it, let's put it this way for a guy who's a first round pick who is in his third or whatever it is, like his second or third year pro, like he should be having more of a, consistent shift to shift impact in the age at the AHL level. Yeah. Like you, you, he should, he should be held to a higher standard than Bordelow and Eklund guys who all those, all those rookies, like the, the, they're rookies. Like it's, you get that there's going to be ups and downs with them. There should be way more ups with Ryan Merkley, given his experience level than there has been. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the thing about Merkley <clears throat> that I've always wondered about is if he's just one of those guys who is better at the NHL level than the AHL level, because I do feel like he, when he came in last year, you, it was before you had joined uh, us out here, and he came up on the day when the Sharks had like six or seven COVID absences, day before Halloween, and he immediately looked much more comfortable than, he, than I had seen him in the AHL. And it was something that was really just kind of fascinating to me because, you know, he will make these incredible plays, but he also will, you know, have moments where you're just thinking like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And so like that, like there's a lack of continuity in his game, like is what I see. And so like you do see the, the flashes and then at the same time you see him make a bad play and you're like, Oh, well that's clearly what they're seeing, why they're not um, moving him up as consistently. And I think too, like just as a general, like, you know, Mike Greer and David Quinn came in and, you know, some of the things they said about this is how we want our team to play. Um, I think they've probably found some of those th- items missing in Ryan Merkley's, uh, you know, the way that he likes to play. Yeah. And so I'm sure they're trying to get him to, you know, be more physical in the corners, be more, pay more attention to detail, you know, in the defensive end, not, you know, just some of the, you know, like I said, like, I, and you're right. You're like, I was here. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw one of Ryan's games. Like during that, I, I think the devils played the sharks during that period where it was like, that was, but that were, was back were, East <clears> though. That was when you were oh, still okay, with the okay. Devils. I think that's what it was. Yeah, 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 right, right. But but so so and whenever he he was here, you know, whenever I got here in January, and that was like one of the first things, like, you know, early on, and when I was covering the team, it was like that was one of the first things that was sort of percolating in my brain. It was like, man, like I think Ryan Markley might be better than some people have been giving him credit for. Like he, yeah, he looked, he looked, he had like a really solid stretch with the sharks. And then like, there was also a point near the end of the year, like in the last, you know, 10, 15 games where it was like, it had fallen off and you could sort of see some of the things that was like, Oh, okay. Like, 
yeah, like that, that puck went into the corner and he just sort of like stuck his stick out and didn't actually get in there and try to win the battle. And then they yeah. gave up a goal. And that sort of stuff drives coaches wild. So, uh, oh, yeah. In, 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 in a bad way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, look, I, you know, I don't know, you know, it, you know, he, he's probably got, he's, you know, he's got another, at least another half of the season here to, to maybe try to, you know, sort of focus in on certain things and tighten up certain things and, and, and figure some things out. What did you think of the game last night against Dallas? Because I, to me, I had a couple reactions. It was like that made the loss against Philadelphia that much more painful because it was just points that were, you know, just lost because, you know, two goal lead in the third period at home ostensibly should be a winnable game. And they didn't play terribly in that game. It was just, you know, that was, that was the sharks in 2022. Um, And then last night it was like five on five was really good, but then, you went up against a team in Dallas and they showed you exactly why they are as good as they have been this year. Like they went out and took that game down by a goal early power play goal, then another power play goal to take the lead. And then they were able to get the, you know, the shorthanded goal when it was the sharks, supposedly their push to get back into the game. And then Dallas just shut the door and said, Nope. And suddenly it was a four, two game, then an empty netter. And then it, I mean, that was a three, two, here's the sharks chance to a five, two game so fast. It almost made your head spin. Yeah. Yeah, I think those two games <clears throat> are a pretty good snapshot of of how this season has gone. Like, that's 120 minutes or 121 minutes or whatever it was, yeah. um, where uh, you know the Sharks played well or well enough uh, for half of it, more than half of it. Like it was just you know like they it just it just felt like the Philly game. Like they were just in control of it. Like it it seemed like pretty early on. Like the Flyers weren't playing very well, and it was just going to be one of those nights where. Um, you know, they were just going to kind of keep them at, you know, at arm's length uh, and just, you know, win by a goal or two. But then, uh, you know, the Flyers found something, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes and that was enough. Um, and, you know, then last night, like I looked after the game, I was curious. The um, one of those one website, uh, Money Puck, has like a deserve to win meter thing. I think you've probably people have probably seen it on Twitter. Like people yeah. put like a screen grab of like, you know, whenever, whenever the goalie makes 47 saves and and you win two to one you're you were maybe you're deserved to win meter is like all the way on the other team and it's like you were you're only they run a thousand simulations based on <laughs> the certain data and this is how many times that team won so i looked last night and the, so the sharks deserved to win meter last night was at like 55.6 percent which is about you know i mean look you go on the road against one of the best teams in the league and you you play well enough to hit to get your deserved win meter 55 percent like that's that's good like that that was a good you know, if that was just a run of the mill game in you know October or November when they were still trying to figure things out this season, like that would have been it would be considered a good positive step. But in game 30, whatever 37 or 38, whenever the other ones have already happened, it was just like, man, this is just another night where you know it feels like the the team or the coaching staff or whoever you want to say like has it's like they got 10 fingers to put in the dam and there's 11 holes, right? And it's and it's just they can't, you know, it's just. It, some nights they get away with it and then some nights they don't. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it's, a, it's been something different. You know, there's probably been a list of, you know, eight or nine or 10 things that can go wrong. And it just seems like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like, I would say it's a, probably a credit to the coaching staff that it's not the same thing that happens for like three or four or five losses in a row. Like they, right. something happens, they address it in the morning and the team does whatever they say they wanted them to address the next, that the next game, but then something else happens. And so oh, it's, it's just probably a sign of this is probably where they were supposed to go. And maybe, you know, 
Like the fact that they were playing, the fact that they have, they probably have outplayed expectations in just a process aspect, but the results are probably about where they, people, people before the season thought they were going to go. All right, we are out of time. We are going to have more of that interview with Corey Massasak of The Athletic tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. Join us at 3.30 for live pregame coverage, and then at 4 as the Sharks take on the Blackhawks. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yang.